this is the 91st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Berners. With me are my dear co-hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody. Hello, friends. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Decked app. We've been a bit absent again. Turns out work is work and life is life. I can testify, however, that Paris is warm and has a public transportation system for which I have well notes. In this episode, we will discuss the participation of two of our co-hosts in a recent European Legacy Masters qualifier in Stockholm and discuss a couple of foros at local Legacy Weekly as well as spend some time on the hot orcs of the hour, deliberating on whether they are about to break a legacy. First up though, Paper Legacy Play, European Legacy Masters Qualifiers. Myself and Christopher went playing Black Red Reanimator and Aluren as per usual. So how did all this go down? Robin, I'm gonna hand it to you to take the reins. Great, so... Before we get started, note that this tournament was played before the release of Lord of the Rings, so there were no cards from that set were played. And uh, with that, how did all shake out, guys? Let's start on round one with Victor. You were up against Lance? I was up against Land in the hands of none other than the Hope, and I went one and two. The game I won, he mulliganed to four and still put up uh, some fight, <laughs> I should say. He is just a really good pilot with this deck. And if you, with Reanimator, face a really good Lance pilot, it's going to be tight. I think it's like a tough matchup to be- begin with that I think really puts the skill to sort of who is the player with the most experience and the best day. And today it was not a day for me. So I lost one too, but uh, not super disappointed about that. Yeah, losing to the hope is part of playing Legacy in Stockholm. How about you, Christopher? So uh, I was up against Omnitel, and this was the winner of the last Legacy tournament we had in Stockholm. The TLDR of the matches was game one. I picked up a loss. You know, when you when you show up to a Sunday tournament and lose the first game, it's always shaky. I managed to squeeze a win in the second game. It's always tricky for the Omni player to go for their kill, uh, like their show-and-tell, due to Aluren having another enchantment to put into play. But the person here played uh, black, so they had some discard to try and set things up, which is a bit scarier. At least for me, I think it's scarier than the green version. But then in game three, we had a really memorable moment where I had resolved an Aluren, but I didn't have super much action and my opponent maybe maybe i didn't resolve it maybe they shown told but they put in omniscience and cast an emrakul so they got an extra turn and i'm at 16 life <laughs> at <laughs> this point so they take their turn and in their upkeep i petty theft the omniscience nice mm. then they proceed to swing i calculate my opponent is at nine life and i have Leovold, yeah, I have Leovold and a Birds of Paradise in play as my creatures with an Aluren and six lands. So I just sack all my lands and take 15 and go to one. Yeah. They pass the turn, and in their end step, I play Ether Chandler to put in a 1 1 bird for nine damage exaxes. Wow. Then I untap and kill them. Wow. So that was a bit lucky, but uh, you know. 
sometimes you get those as well. I just love the sack six win on the swing back against Emrakul. Happens once every two years, but when it happens... There's there's an argument to be made here that I think, is it that Emrakul can't be targeted by instance? Is that the, the text on it? Maybe, I can't remember. Protection from spells that are one or more colors. Maybe the safer play would have been to petty fefty omniscience and then Elder Chandler bounced Emrakul. But, you know, you gotta go for swag points sometimes. So I just, I did that. So yeah, I, I picked up a win in the first round. On to round two, where you, Victor, meet this player. Yes, I played against said Omnitel player and had, I think, my most memorable game as well. Uh, we sort of go off one, uh, take one game done pretty quickly, each of us, doing what we do best. I think uh, I'm pretty sure I take down game one and uh, he rolls over me in game two. And in game three, I know there's lots of graveyard hate going on on my opponent's side and that I'm going to have to really do the alternative route to win this game. And from my starting, I think I'm holding on to six. From my starting hand, my entire plan is to eventually steal a creature from my opponent's graveyard. And lo and behold, some, I think, five or six or even seven turns into the game. We're, we're really slow. I'm, I'm very heavy on this card. I do a Thoughtseize or a Grief. I can't remember which one. And my opponent responds by brainstorming. And I know that my opponent has sort of a show-and-tell, omni-tell kind of winning setup in their hand. They were playing lots of cunning wishes and sort of nice things in the deck. But my opponent ends up keeping an Atraxa in their hand that goes to their graveyard and I reanimate it. And my opponent was not ready for that and I take down the game by resolving an Atraxa for the first time in my life. <laughs> I saw that and it was really funny because the cards that you picked, you picked the grief out of those cards, I think. So then you griefed their Emrakul that they had as well just to make them shuffle their setup. Yep. Oh, right. I think they had a shieldred on top, I think they yes. said. Yes, Because, uh, like, even if, like, you put, you're putting back two cards, and no combination of cards is going to be good for you there as the, mm-hmm. <laughs> as the Omni t- player. So that was super fun to see. I, I was really happy about that, because I planned it from the get-go, and it, it worked out as intended. So uh, very happy about that 2-1. Also, shout out to this opponent. Super nice player. Best game of the day in you know, many respects. Great execution. Over to you, Christopher. What were you up against? I'm going to try and break a speedrun record on tournament report for a round. I played against Jund, and I got Junded two games straight, so 0-2. Was that something similar to him into Minsk and Boo? Yeah, it was pretty similar. It was the classic, uh, you don't have fetch lands, so you just play your lands out. Some are duels. You get wastelanded once or twice and then hymned, and you just don't find lands for wow. two games. It was brutal. All right, moving on to round three. You both picked up a win and you both picked up a loss so far. And Victor, you were up against a kind of rare deck to see. Yeah, I was playing against Hive Mind. Yeah. And I think the TLDR for these three matches, I'm going 2-1 again this time in my favor, is that neither me or my opponent drew particularly well. We mulliganed a lot in the first two games 
and then in the third game I keep ripping sort of non-gas cards and my opponent keeps drawing kept drawing lands for for forever and eventually I'm the first one of us to sort of make something live happen I can push through an archon and a second archon through some counter magic my opponent has no answer to that I think if my opponent would have ripped sort of anything reasonable on top of their deck I would have been uh, very dead much early in that game so 2-1 sort of winning with variance I guess is there reasonable cards in high mind question mark <laughs> I think there are fetch lands basic <laughs> island I guess some reasonable cards. What about uh, your round three, Christopher? Yeah, I played against the Amulet Titan Ooh. deck. This is a, a person that, from my knowing, like what I've heard, has played this deck a lot. And you notice it when you see the person play the lines. It's probably uh, the deck of choice in modern for this player as well. You know, in game one, I thought I was up against Lance. Eventually, I started realizing that this is not a lance deck at all. And I think I squeezed the combo kill in. In game two, they had like a crazy explosive hand. Like when Amulet does its thing, it can do it so well. Like it was, I think, a turn free, uncounterable uh, primeval titan and, you know, stuff like that. It was a very fast game in terms of turns in game three we had a bit of a like my opponent mold to five and i kept a seven so i think i just wore them down they were playing one cool interaction which is that mikosint gardens with their amulet so they can get a lot of mana and it's also nice that they can get both expedition map and amulet with the sagas but i managed to win two one very nice and then we move on to round number four. And uh, Victor, you're up against Aluren. Is this a pod mirror? The pod mirror. Yay! The pod mirror. And we have played this particular pod mirror quite a few times now. And I still wait for a tournament win. <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard sometimes i mean reanimator can definitely do it i think it's still a scary matchup for me but i think i'm starting to like it a bit more now playing four endurances and counter magic and then you board into more counter magic veil and uh, surgical i think it's quite tricky i i can mull so aggressively in this matchup and it works out so uh, yeah 2-1 though, you did uh, spank me on the butt cheeks one game. Yeah, I think it, what, what does it is the bounce as well. Like the counter magic, the main deck endurance and the bounce. It's just sort of over 10 games, it's too much to to fight through, I would say. Yeah. Even with 10 discards, it's just, it's there's so much. I have to basically nullify everything you do. Because the Strixes as well, like, it's just... Uh. After uh, the uh, league playoffs that we had the week prior to this ELM qualifier, I actually put the Brazen Borrowers back in the sideboard. But the card that got me over the finish line was Grist. This is just, like, sure, like, it was already over. Like, it wasn't Grist that won me the game. But when when Grist has come into play and made two tokens, it's just so hard for Reanimator to do anything. It is basically impossible all right so uh christopher pick up a win in this round and we're on to round five and this time victor you're up against lance again yeah up against lance again i'm uh, i'm two and two at this point there's a very 
sort of minute chance that I might make top eight because this is a farm run tournament. And uh, I win this uh, this lands game 2-1 by making what I think is a very nice use of some beneficial draws because I have an Archon going in game three and I allow my opponent so to say i mean they they draw their cards but i don't try to interrupt their plan allow them to make mart lage and i block with my archon so that i can reanimate it again mm. to make them remove their mart lage yeah and uh, win from there so it was sort of i mean luckily i had a couple of reanimation spells that didn't tax my life totals too hard and they did not rip sort of refreshed graveyard removal but uh, I liked how I played sort of aggressively controlling, <laughs> like making, because I have to make the Archon and, and sort of get there with it and have them make the Marit large. And then they're going to attack and I'm going to block. And then I'm going to, hey, look what I got in my hand. Mm. <laughs> Here's another Exhume. <laughs> it feels bad to wait in that matchup because they can rip more, not more relevant cards, but it's definitely on them to start peeling cards yeah yeah so two and all uh, i finish three and two but fairly high up on my opponent's win percentages a fairly good sort of i think i finish in 10th or something total which i'm happy about i had a really good day deck worked out the way i did it every game to two one or one two like again this is like the second tournament in a row that sort of my matches are becoming slow rather than quick mm. i don't know if that's sort of a mark of a trend i'm gonna have to play I think another tournament to see if this keeps on, but it's interesting because this is sort of, you know, the deck of choice for father's hardworking life wants to have lunch at tournaments and suddenly <laughs> these things aren't happening to me anymore. I'm like, my life choices, I need to consider them now kind of thing. Very cool. Very cool. And Christopher, you got to draw into the top eight from this point? Yeah, it was, it wasn't certain that we could draw, but we drew anyways and picked up a burger and a beer. So we we went for it. We were like, the table beneath us are playing. And if one of the players win, because the other player that he played against was out of the tournament. If they win, one of us who are drawing might miss top eight. But we were like, we hadn't had an opportunity to eat. So we were like, let's just do it. Man. Oh my God. So we did that. And uh, the Jund player from earlier who uh, destroyed me won the game. So we were not in danger. Okay, good. And after the burgers, you were in the quarterfinals. Yes, and uh, I played against the person that I lost against in the uh, semis of the league playoffs, the Mono Red Initiative Stompy Day. Oh, cool. I'm on the draw again because I'm. I think I'm seeded uh, seventh place going into this. I lose game one, pretty bad. Uh, you know, sometimes it happens. But this time around, I have learned from my mistakes that I made in the league playoffs. And I managed to slowly grind my opponent to pieces. So I actually win game two and three this time. Wow. Keep keep the force in the opener and uh, just rely on that your end game is stronger than theirs. And that's what happened. No shenanigans when force is in the deck on to the semi-finals then yes so i'm up against a player who's uh, very good with painter this person usually places really well in swedish tournaments we have a super fun like back and forth game one and two in game one 
my opponent clutches it out with some good plays and gets to mill me. Game two, my opponent is tapped out and I played a turn one bird, so I, I just go for a windmill slam Aluren on turn three and it kills them. Then in game three, I get so greedy. I get so greedy. Whoops. We're playing a bit like land go, land go. In my hand, I have a Hydroblast, a Brainstorm and stuff like that. My opponent goes uh, turn two engineer and I let it resolve. I don't have a force. I No, I, I didn't have a Hydroblast at this point because that would have solved a lot of my problems that we're going to find out in a turn. I uh, let it resolve. I take my turn and they put a they put a painter in the bin. I untap and I play a second fetch and I fetch crop underground and decay it. My opponent takes their turn, taps Saga for mana, gets, uh, I think, Opal or something, plays a land and just windmill slams a Magus. <laughs> Magus of the moon. And I'm sitting there just thinking that I'm such a dummy and I don't draw a basic for the rest of the game. Oh. Gotcha. I'm out in third place. The bait engineer. Yeah. Decay engineer, like they put the painter in the graveyard and they had a saga about to fetch grindstone. So I was a bit scared, but that was definitely the wrong place and time to do that. Anyways, that person, the painter player, won the whole tournament, won the finals against Death Shadow, which I definitely would have loved to play against because I think my deck is pretty strong there with all the Strixes. But the tournament is passed down. We'll see if number one or two will be attending in Bologna, the European Legacy Masters. Because if not, I'm going. Whoa! Awesome. Then we're going to have a pod episode from Bologna. Me and Robin obviously are going to follow you down with sort of, of course, you know, big Ooh. Stockholm flags. And we will sell us. And, uh... Yeah, we got to sell our merchandise. Well, I mean, Christopher has a good track record of playing Legacy in Bologna, so we'll see how that transpires. In the meantime, our regular play will be happening all summer. Robin, while missing out on this tournament we just discussed, you did squeeze in another 4-0 under your belt at this said local play very recently. Please, tell us what happened. After winning the finals, I had played two leagues of uh, legacy the first one i i ran back naya depths with some small configurations but i ended up two and two not super impressive there i had losses against ninjas and the epic storm which is pretty rough and i did manage to beat maverick and a black and red control deck that has been pretty cool and pretty consistent at our legacy venue but then i followed that up with a league of sneak and show <laughs> oh my god and this time i actually did some minor changes you know the pursuant shapeshifter has been played a little bit online to increase the sort of a side of the combo i don't own any of these i'm not really sure if that card is actually better than the more old school arcane artisan 
But that was what I put in my deck. Two pieces of Arcane Artisan. As we shall hear, I think they were pretty good as it turned out. My first opponent was on 8th cast. He had, like, on both of its turns, I think he had a Chalice on turn 1. But you know, sometimes you don't really care about that with this kind of deck. You just put land drops into play until you can resolve one of your Haymaker spells. And then you have additional force for his force and just go ham from there so it was two rather quick games there and then i was up against jeskai replenish an opponent that i've been playing quite a lot i managed to squeeze game one by just throwing ace after ace so to say like show and tell okay it's countered let's try a sneak attack okay it's the results <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the second game i know that he's on a lot of counter magic so i board in defense grids and i managed to draw them both so i set up a turn where i can play one of the defense grids and then protect it and then on the following turn play the other defense grid when he's tried to recoup and then just jam sneak attack and win from there. So a little bit of attrition, so to say. Then I was up against Pox. The game one, I think, was the most memorable game of the evening. He has a human. I managed to end up with exactly four cards in my hand and I have a land in play and that is a petal, an ancient tomb, a sneak attack <laughs> and something more so he, he he like rips all of the cards that doesn't really matter and i just on my turn just managed to land a sneak attack before all of the other discard starts happening and then we're sort of both in top deck mode but i have a sneak attack in in play and like nine haymakers that i can draw and cantrips to find them so i managed to win that one and then he actually poxed me in the second game uh, just discarded me into the dust and destroyed all my lands. He actually played Sinkhole in that Pox deck. Very nice. Now you deserved it. I deserved it, yeah. Everyone deserves to be Poxed once in a while. The third game I managed to win. I think it was a pretty fast sneak attack or show and tell. And then uh, it was the pod mirror again. I was up against uh, Mr. Christopher Aluren player himself. My record against you is not the best and specifically not with <laughs> show and tell. And we heard how, how Christopher devastated an Omnitel player because it's so dangerous to play show and tell against someone who can just put in another enchantment and win from there. Yeah, Omnitel is definitely easier to play against due to that pesky four mana enchantment and i'm not talking about the green one friend right right in this matchup show and tell is a liability so i'm very happy for having sneak attacks and also uh, the arcane artisan hell yeah i don't know if you have better recollection than i have of these games but i think that in game one i do get an artisan down and you keep digging for an abrupt decay yeah <laughs> That's game one. I think you, <laughs> That's you, game I one. Think you made an Atraxa copy. And then, yeah, it, it was kind of over from there. I can't remember. You just saw so many cards. And game one, I think you... The Artisan just came out of the left field. And I was so unprepared for it. You know, usually this is one of the matchups where it's not terrible to board out your decays. But you kept the fear in me. So I, I kept them in. And uh, in the second game, you uh, managed to beat me. I don't really recall if it was a fair beating or if it was an Aluren. I, I honestly can't remember. I think Carpet was involved. So maybe it was me resolving an Aluren with Veil or something. But uh, yeah, I can't remember either. And then in the final game, was it 
a Hail, Hail Mary show and tell and you didn't have a Lura? It was a Hail Mary show and tell that I countered and then you played a sneak attack. All right. So it's because I, I didn't have anything good to put into play. So the show and tell is too scary. But then you snuck in a, a show and tell, no, a sneak attack. And you put a track in, which found land and pedal and stuff like that. So you got to play land and pedal. I think you exiled a spirit guide or something to put a track in to play. And then that got you into Grizzlebrand territory, sn- snuck attack, uh, snuck that attack in as well, draw, drew some cards and then put Emrakul in. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of damage. That's uh, That's 29 points of damage. Yeah, so that was pretty sweet going for nowhere <laughs> with sneak and show blast from the past again yeah 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 but that deck feels uh, pretty strong in a meta i was of course very happy to dodge all of the shadow players because keeping a hand with fatis against shadow is just terrifying they grief it they reanimate it and you are just super sad to play these kind of decks that's a weak victory impression, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't all be like me. <laughs> all right, then. Let us talk a bit about the card that is seeing more hype than a card has gotten in quite some time. Orcish Bow Masters. At one and black, this orc archer, a mere one one, reads Flash. When Orcish Bowmasters enters the battlefield and whenever an opponent draws a card except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, Orcish Bowmasters deal 1 damage to any target. Then amass Orcs 1. Is this busted? Christopher, is it worth the 27 euros? You recently did 4 O's with these Orky boys in Aluren at local play. How do you feel? Was it broken? Well, it is a very strong card. I think a lot of people are trying it out now on Magic Online and in our local meta. This was the first day after the pre-release, so you could play the cards. I hadn't gotten all of my copies. The two that I had in my deck, every time I had them in my hand, I felt this card is sick. Just to give like the, the quickest rundown of the first day that I played with Bowmaster Aluren was 2-0 against Jund, the same Jund player that O2'd me on the ELM qualifier. 2-0 against Grixis Delver with Bowmasters themselves. But it's beneficial being a grindy deck with Decays and your own Bowmasters because you can control the Bowmasters in play in a way that they can do as well, but you start drawing so many cards uh, if they can't have their Bowmasters in play. Then I played against blue-black control with Bowmasters and same story here, 2-0, just outgrinded them. My Bowmasters were better and even when they had a Bowmaster in play, I just started escaping Uro and stuff like that. Mm. The ping one when you have Uro is not too bad. I also decided to put a, another Veil of Summer in the sideboard, so I had two, and have a Leovold in the main deck so that I can turn their Bowmaster into Yagmoth's Bargain. Then I played against the Mono White Initiative, also 2-0. So it was just uh, straight up 2-0s all night. What was really good against uh, with Bowmasters in this type of shell, sure, it can be a combo kill, if you're at a higher life total than your opponent and you have assembled the Harpy Learn. But what's really good about it is a lot of the times you just want to buy time with a Learn mm. to set up well. Against Jund, I got to just play Bowmasters and ping Dark Confidant 
which is extremely annoying for them because that's probably their best card advantage engine besides Sylvan and Minskimbu. But with the Bowmasters in play, Sylvan doesn't do anything. I mean, sure, you can do it, but you take a lot of damage doing that thing. And if you don't draw extras and you put back cards, I still get to amass and ping. Mm. So that's super scary. Against Initiative, it was just really nice to ping a Falia end of turn. It's just so nasty to do those small things. And you get two bodies into play, so them getting the Initiative is also scary because you can just ambush Viper and like go in for that Initiative steal. So I think, I think this card is really good. I do believe that the decks that will keep on playing it and be successful are probably the bug scam decks. Yeah. The four four grief, four bowmaster, four Uro decks that play reanimate and snuff out. I think those decks are going to be a really strong shell for bowmasters. And also Grixis Delver. Having this Delver and uh, DRC among those Merktides that we've heard so much about. It's just another angle to put the hurt in the dirt against control decks. This is obviously very annoying if you're a Staff of the Storyteller deck. They get to ping your thing, they get power into play, and it, and it hurts to draw that card. Yeah, and like I, I, I really like it for Grixis because it's a little bit of a go-wide strategy for them. As well as re- extra removal and extra damage to face when needed. So It's pseudo-go-wide. Yeah, yeah. So the amass is uh, you put counters on, on one token. Right. But it's still... Uh, in, in one of my games against the blue-black control, I actually had to decay a 6-6 or 7-7 seven, seven mm. army after I had done all of my Uro <laughs> escaping <laughs> due to it being bigger than Uro. Yeah. So it, it, it happens and it's real. I just think that you should sort of play these orcs in a deck with the symmetric Jace Bellerin effects Ooh. for the long grind of ping a mass, ping a mass. I mean, there must be a stupid combo that's super popular in EDH somewhere that you can port over to Legacy here. There actually is one thing that we saw from the challenge, and we don't usually talk about online play here, but... I got really interested in Riddle Smith combo. Like the pilot of that deck, Killaby, actually put two of these in uh, their deck. And they are playing Gamble, Echo of Aeons, and Wheel of Misfortune. So that's, <laughs> you know, Echo of Aeons just became another card. Uh, with yep. this. So that's, that's maybe uh, a more legacy adjacent side that I think this is such a nasty card to to have in that deck so yeah that's a good observation victor yeah i just feel like the the stocks of veil of summer went up through the roof with this printing because like veil of summer is obviously super good against bowmaster because you have to ping something and your opponent's creature and the opponent itself is protection from black right so you have to ping like your own dude or you have to ping yourself something in response when a veil is in effect but like also the the secondary damage that every deck is going to play black so they're going to play black removal they're going to play like discard Maybe they play Grief, reanimate Grief. Like, Veil of Summer is going to be so good against that. Yeah, and I think Snuff Out might lose some stock. It was really interesting, that Veil interaction that you talked about. Mm. In my game two against the blue-black control player, I played a turn three Strix, 
and my opponent responded with a bowmaster and I veiled mm. and he paused and he was like okay I was like I'll draw a card yeah and then bowmaster comes into play you gotta ping yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> or the bowmaster mm. he pings himself and then he pings himself again when the strix enters yeah Mm-mm. I think this card is really good I heard some people at the LGS comparing it to Ragavan but I think that's extremely completely different discussion it's not close no he doesn't put that kind of pressure on your opponent as Ragavan did no this is a very reactive card and since you have the, I mean, the amass thing, of course, happens, but it's, I mean, your opponent is free to interact with that at their leisure, I feel. So, uh, I mean, this card is, you know, probably quite good and probably deep, but it's not Ragavan. One deep card that I just want to mention from this set that I've seen, there were actually three cards from the new set last Thursday. So they're mostly Bowmasters. There were some decks running Bowmasters. There was one player playing the One Ring in a mono black helm deck. Nice. It was pretty cool. They played Anvil chains and stuff like that and then they had the one ring to i don't know draw cards or something but also just gain protection but delighted halfling is one of the cards that i think might make waves uh, in some of these blue soup yorian decks for those who don't know it's a for a green mana it's a one two halfling citizen that either taps for a colorless or adds one mana of any color and spend this mana only to cast legendary spell and that spell can't be countered this card we've seen since it says legendary spell you can cast minskimbu teferi you can cast uro leovold omnath yorion like a lot of these really already hard-hitting legacy players gets a mana acceleration that also turns them uncomfortable that might be really big we have seen some decks with it at the lgs already so look out for those ones i'm i'm a little bit uh, keen on the fourth eorlingas <laughs> oh yeah 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 is that you get the monarch or something so this, this is an x spell it's white and red and x and then you make x two two knights with haste and perhaps even trample i don't remember so so like and if a creature deals damage to the opponent this turn you also get the monarch so like you play your turn one reclaimer and your opponent shrugs because they cannot kill it with a bowmaster and then on your next turn you just fourth eorlingas and <laughs> swing in with your two one and uh, yeah <laughs> you get, <laughs> I, I think it's strong <laughs> strong flavor win that they trample over the orcish bowmaster and adds one extra point of damage. It's a decent turn to play against the control deck if you can swing in for that one damage. And it's a pretty good late game card because you can make like a, a little army which haste, kill planeswalkers left and right. It's definitely good in those uh, Wynoda decks that already play Stompy, Red White, and you know, they squeeze a Rabble Master and stuff like that into play. And then just late game against one of those decks, they just have all the mana sink in the world. They can easily make free tokens and have Spell Pierce slash Daze Mana up. Yeah. Just take the Monarch and uh, a deck. A deck like that that gets to draw cards. I mean, I've played against the Mono White Initiative a lot to know that when they get the Monarch or the Undercity, it's it's a problem. When they have both, it's a nightmare if you can't steal it. Yeah. So yeah, that might be a really good shell. Well, I mean, we have now gotten a modern targeted 
set that seems to add good cards to Legacy, but we seem to be safe away from needing to call for the Banhammer, at least for now. And I think that's a win for everyone. And that, my friends, is all we have for this episode. Finally, Orcs are the fucking bomb. If you want to discuss your favorite Lord of the Rings denizen, you can join our Discord. We accept all discussions on what the NAS school are actually named. <laughs> you can find the link in the episode description. And in addition to the Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter at STHLMLegacy. We are also present personally on social media. Robin, where can our listeners get vacation pictures of you? Well, you mostly can only get like play by play reports from my legacy diary updates, but you can find it on Twitter. I am Jacka underscore Boo. My Twitter handle is MonolithMTG. If you want to tell me some sub story of that, the other eight ring wraiths besides uh, Witch King of Agmar is actually dope. I don't want to hear it, but everything else, hook me up. And I am Disco Drogo on Twitter. And that is the end of the 91st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sien. Thank you, Christopher Rikström. I am Victor Bernhards. Special thanks to you for listening. The great Frönes has written our music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. And until our next episode, remember that the only brew for the Raven True comes from the Green Dragon.